guys, this is Leva Bates. This is Rich Bokini. This is Steve Young. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. E-F-F-Y-F-E. This is Holiday. This is El Serpentigo. The princess of pro wrestling, SoCalVal. And we are the Ugly Ducklings. And you are listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole Reffin Show. And now... The wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole refin show. And we're back! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. That would have to be the whole refin show. I would have to be Perry Smith. And I guess that means that I would have to be Darren Beasley. Not necessarily, but in this case, it is true. Well, we have almost uh, recast the podcast several times uh, in the recent past. Sure. No, we haven't. We haven't. Oh, we, haven't. Okay, we actually okay. have not done that at all. Um, I was like, we have? Where is this going? <laughs> I don't think there would be uh, any version of this that wasn't us sure sure it's it's our podcast and we can cry if we want to uh so <laughs> welcome back darren to the show i'm gonna welcome myself back well i'm welcoming you back oh okay. well, great wonderful and i welcome back all of our hashtag dear listeners oh my god dear listeners we've missed you all it's been too long far too long it's been too long it's been almost two years oh yeah yeah that's a really long time yeah we've had uh what a royal rumble since then yeah? Yeah, we've had a lot. When, <laughs> in a period where there is more wrestling on television than ever, at any point, ever, in television history and in wrestling history, we did not uh, cover any of it. <laughs> we, we were not here uh, to do so. Yeah, we thought it'd be a bad time to cover wrestling when there was so much. It was so abundant. Uh, the, the wrestling. There's a lot of opportunity, and uh, and we seized none none of it. Right, right. Uh, we went to, we went to sleep instead. And took some time off. Uh, no, obviously uh, we've been gone for a while, folks. I, I think what leading up into Rumble, Royal Rumble 2020, 20. yeah, was uh, our last show. Uh, unfortunately, uh, obviously since then the uh, the world. Uh, has gotten a little wacky. We don't have to talk too much about all that. But I will say that in that period of time, uh, both Darren and I kind of kind of took a break from watching wrestling in general. Uh, that, that's absolutely true. That, yeah. The reason the podcast didn't happen is because watching wrestling didn't happen. I, like I just said, there was more to watch than ever before, and I never wanted to watch wrestling less than I have in the last two years. Right. No, that's that's very sad because I have definitely had my periods of wrestling where I've just kind of over it or kind of burned out. And I was kind of feeling that way leading up into our hiatus. So for me, it was pretty easy to step back and not record what I thought would be for a while. Turned out to be a very long while uh, because I didn't realize that Darren had also committed himself to not watching wrestling and well, again, and wrestling itself not feeling like it typically does, to be fair. Absolutely. And 
to be fair to uh, anybody who's keeping score, and I know a lot of our listeners are keeping score, uh, hashtag dear listeners, if you will, and uh, man, these wheels are going to need some greasing, aren't they? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I got a couple think, of cans of WD forty waiting here. Uh, uh, okay, okay, exactly. Yes. So those of our uh, hashtag dear listeners who are keeping score and have kept score uh, so lovingly and and carefully over the years will know that we actually had a couple of hiatuses leading up to the great hiatus. And um, <laughs> You make it sound like it was a positive thing. The great hiatus! Well, you know, I like to spin it however I can in our favor so that we don't look like a couple of assholes. We look like a couple of champions. Sure. But um, things things had already seemed to, uh, seemed to have gotten a little difficult, and we had those brief hiatuses. And then leading up to the Rumble, I think exactly what you said, which was you maybe even more than I were experiencing some burnout just from watching. But the double whammy for me was our repeated hiatuses for whatever reasons that they existed. And then, of course, with COVID uh, striking, I just I was I just checked out. I, like I completely checked out. And when wrestling went uh, sans audience, I could not watch it. I absolutely could not watch it. No, I, I know that um, to be true. I was wondering which one of us would be the first to say the C word. Uh, I was I was going to try <laughs> to avoid it, but it's really unavoidable. But, I mean... What, it's, what, it's at the heart of why we're only now coming back. Yeah, yeah, um, in a lot of ways. I mean, wrestling was still going on, and I feel bad for the performers who, uh, you know, who had to try to keep it up. More so the indie folks, where there just was no wrestling to be had at all. Um, they couldn't really do what they love to do. Um, and, and also bad for the people who were still on television without an audience. And, and WWE, um, AEW, they all tried their best to uh, to artificially manufacture some sort of audience. Uh, you know, putting in the PA system like crowd noise and stuff like that. Which is bullshit, by the way. <laughs> well, I agree. Well, okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk about it for a second. Let's talk uh, okay. about the, briefly the stages. Let's take WWE, for example. WWE just went on TV from the Performance Center, and we're like, here we are with no audience. And we're going to wrestle, and we're going to act like there's an audience. And that was actually one of the biggest problems that I had initially. You know, not only had COVID sort of thrown me for a loop, just emotionally, but I don't think I was ready... Uh, for, I don't think I initially felt the way that I would come to feel. I was sort of watching it thinking, okay, well, what's this going to be all about? And then I realized, oh, this is not just weird. This is distressing. Um, and then from a performance standpoint, looking at these wrestlers come out and behave as if there were a crowd sitting there. Right. That was really off-putting playing to an imaginary crowd it made me think of backyard wrestling sure and backyard wrestlers pretending to bounce off invisible ropes like that's not how real wrestling should appear on television what are you talking about (laughs) so there was that wwe came back and it was just like all right there's no crowd there's probably going to be no crowd for like two or three weeks because covid's going to be over in three weeks (laughs) And, and so it was that right and then it was 
let's pipe in fake sound, fake crowd sound. And then, all right, let's have a few people around the ring, which I think they totally stole from AEW. Sure. Because AEW was the first, I believe, to bring the locker room out to stand at ringside. They're like, well, if they're here, might as well have them out and they'll make some noise. And then, of course, WWE created the Thunderdome, which, I mean, I think was real bad. Like, real bad. It's, I mean, it's it's their reaction to what was going on to make it feel like there was an audience there, uh, obviously. I, I don't, I don't, uh, it didn't work for me, and it didn't work for a lot of people, um, but I understand why they did it, so I can't fault them. To go back to what you were saying about just, you know, wrestling in a COVID era, um, I think one thing that you didn't, I think we've talked about, but you didn't really talk about when you were just talking about it, um, is that, uh, wrestling is, has always been an escape from reality because you're watching people pretend on TV. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, hashtag <laughs> fake bullshit. Um, but watching this escapism on TV was actually just another reminder that the world sucks right now. Oh, yeah. You and I actually did talk about that so, yeah, a lot th- when that was happening. I think that was the biggest reason we definitely stopped watching wrestling was like, I don't need to. I already have a Facebook I don't need to be reminded when I watched wrestling that, you know, there is a very real, uh, you know, virus out there and, and things are not what they were, you know, a year prior, you know, however long it was. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what it was. It was a constant reminder. Sure. But we now have uh, crowds coming back into um, into arenas again. Uh, that may be short lived. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but that's not exactly the reason why we came back. I mean, it does seem like the timing lines up like, oh, crowds are back. Well, we're going to watch wrestling again. Like it just, that's just kind of the way the planets aligned, I guess. Yeah. Because to that point, the truth of the matter is we actually still have watched very, very, very little. Right. Wrestling. I, we could have, we actually could have been recording this a couple of weeks ago and might well have. And at that point, would have watched no wrestling. So it's not just that crowds are coming back. It's not just that we started watching wrestling. Why are so? The, so actually, why are we back? I don't know. We we <laughs> talked about it. Well, you said a couple weeks ago. We actually discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and that's when we made the decision because it's a fifty-fifty decision. There's only two of us that make the show. If I'm on board and you aren't, or vice versa, the show won't happen. So it was. We had a long conversation. And it was the first time we were both on board, like, let's do the podcast again. Because, I mean, as I mentioned before, I have Facebook, and I'm, I'm, I follow WWE and NXT to see what's going on, or I can't help it because they're constantly throwing it, you know, in my Facebook feed. So I'll, I'll see headlines or, like, you know, see snippets of matches or, you know, outcomes of matches and be like, man, I, I could talk an hour about this or, you know, that or whatever. But no, I mean, um, I, I will always, uh, I will always love wrestling, and not necessarily be in love with wrestling. Um, so I'll, I'll always be able to like, you know, riff on a match or like what I don't like about a match or what I like about a match. So, you know, at this point, it just seems like things are interesting enough. We're kind of pulling out of the fog a little again. For how long remains to be unseen. Um, that it's kind of like, well, we could probably, I don't know. Darren seems like he's in higher spirits about everything right now. Maybe we can watch some wrestling. Well, speaking about that specifically with regard to wrestling, uh, professional wrestling as, you know, uh, a form of entertainment, not only did I just 
stop watching because of COVID and the, the move to no crowd. But about that same time, I let my WWE network expire. And then, of course, there was the, the NBC Universal buyout. Network goes to Peacock, whatever, however that happened. And I don't really care. And the little bit I heard about, oh, WWE on Peacock, they're scrubbing everything that's, you know, not politically correct. They are cutting out shows entirely. They're cutting out this and that. It just reinforced my desire to stay away. Sure. I don't want to get Peacock. I'm not going to try and figure out how to watch wrestling at all. And then I got Peacock. And... (laughs) I got Peacock for purely non-wrestling reasons uh, only a couple months ago. I got it because I wanted to watch the show Yellowstone. And then I couldn't No one's help. ever said that before, by the way. <laughs> well, then I, I, then I... I'm sure Yellowstone's a fine it's a good show, Darren. It's, oh, way, okay. Okay. it's way better than wrestling. In fact, if you want to okay. do a Yellowstone podcast, oh, wow. sign me up. Um, the whole Yellowstone. Oh, I wonder. Oh man, I wonder if there's a Yellowstone podcast. I need to look that. Well, up. there is now. The- <laughs> starting next, starting next week, folks. So enjoy this. This is the only whole ref and show show you're gonna get. We're, we're gonna keep the name, but only talk about Yellowstone. Starting with the next episode, this oh, is a Yellowstone podcast. I can't wait because I'm going in completely blind because I that's I, gonna be I've weird. never seen. The I don't show. know what you're gonna talk about. It's gonna be you explaining Yellowstone to me every episode. That's actually great idea explain kevin costner to me oh boy mm. i would love to explain kevin costner so um okay but we'll wait till next episode. okay okay we don't want to give it away on this yeah i mean you gotta 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 hook them right and then you come back next week for that come back next week for the yellowstone talk um <laughs> you come for the wrestling <laughs> stay wrestling for the yellowstone and stay for the yellowstone they they've got to make a somebody's got to make a jelly stone Right. Sure. Yogi Bear. Right, right. Okay. No, I get that. Um, okay, so I get Yellowstone, or I get Peacock so I can watch Yellowstone. You get Yellowstone. <laughs> I you get, get the, the Yellowstone, Yellowstone Network. Network. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I've missed laughing. Oh, Yellowstone. You, you, you go to the menu, and where it typically has, like, hundreds of shows to choose from, it's all one picture of Yellowstone it's over just, and over it's again. It's the same picture of Kevin Costner 400 times. Or it's just one giant picture of the, <laughs> of the show. You can't click you off can't the icon. click away. It's just that in settings. <laughs> so, I have Peacock to watch Yellowstone, and I can't help but notice that it's like, Channels, browse, movies, TV, WWE, and I'm like, oh, there it is. There's the network, and it's free inside of Peacock, so it's not free. But and that, that's like saying your your drink is free, your refills are free, free refills. after you pay for the, the well, first. Drink. That's true, isn't it? That's always my joke, though. They're free after you pay for it, and that's exactly what WWE Network is now. It's free after you pay for Peacock. Sure. So I clicked it one night thinking, oh, there it is. There's the network. I used to love the network. There was a time. And I noticed that they greatly expanded the ECW offerings, like like hardcore TV. Every single episode of hardcore TV ever. 
Then also all the like what you would call a pay-per-view or a super show that ECW had in like 95 and 96 before they actually went to pay-per-view are all on the network uh, or all on Peacock. And so I found myself watching old ECW for a couple of weeks. And that was the first real wrestling I'd watched in a year and a half. And uh, other than I did watch an FMW DVD of mine a few months ago. But besides that, I suddenly realized that every day I wanted to watch some old ECW. Every day. And I realized, oh my god, I've missed wrestling so much. I say it sounds like the old Darren to me. I missed wrestling so, so much. And it didn't really make me want to watch it, like new wrestling. But it did make me want to watch wrestling. And so then it was, okay, now I'm going to watch uh, an old Clash of the Champions. Oh, I'm going to watch the first Survivor Series. And then you and I sat down and we watched... The 92 Rumble and the 93 Rumble back to back. And then after you left, I watched the 94 Rumble. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> I could have stayed and watched 94 Rumble. You're like, I'm going to bed right now. <laughs> you asshole. Um, well, I did go to bed, but I watched it in the bed. Oh, you're still an asshole. On that, though, I mean, I've, I've said I haven't watched any wrestling, and that's not true, speaking of the network, because a year ago, like, I was. Every day, me and my roommate, uh, shout out to you, Casey, uh, in L.A., we were we were watching like he, he's he's a golden era guy. Uh, like he, he doesn't go past like 93. Um, but that's fine because there's plenty of gyms, you know, 93 and before. Yeah, like there's, watching just Jim Powers, <laughs> Jim Neidhart. <laughs> well played. Um, so, yeah, just watching old WCW and old WWF. Um, and just loving it, like watching like everything. I watched like Smoky Mountain wrestling, like because again, I will always love wrestling, uh, but not necessarily be in love with it. So like where the where the current stuff really wasn't doing it for me. You have this archive of all the old stuff, and we can talk a little bit about uh, Peacock and the censorship, and how it de- it depends on what you're censoring because there are certainly things that can be sort of racist or prejudiced, but at the same time, some of that is purposeful. It's meant to come out that way so you'll dislike the person who is acting this way. I mean, in a purely non-scientific way here, I'm going to say that 80%, 80%, I feels like a good number. Right, right. 80% of the um, bigotry that would appear (laughs) in old wrestling broadcasts was intentionally bigoted then. Right. Meaning the point was they knew it was bad. They did it to get a negative reaction. Who was doing it? The bad guys. And what was their comeuppance? Good guys beating them up for being bigots. The the ultimate the ultimate example obviously is going to be Ted DiBiase, million dollar man, who has a manservant named Virgil, who is a black man, even though Virgil is a dig at Dusty Rhodes, uh, whose real name is Virgil. Which has always been funny to me that it's like he's named that because of a white guy, which is funny. <laughs> but obviously, uh, Virgil is, you know, more or less uh, Ted DiBiase's slave. And he treats Virgil horribly for a year. So there is so much buildup for Virgil. And it's one of the greatest turns in all of wrestling. And, and Virgil existed for that moment where he finally turns on the million dollar man. 
And it's it's one of the great moments of wrestling. And if you if you want to try and scrub out racism that from wrestling history, then you have to get rid of that. Sure. You can't get rid of part of it. You have to get rid of all of it. Or, in my opinion, you leave it alone because it's a it is a is teaching a moral lesson. Right. DiBiase is wrong to do what he's doing. But that's the point. And that's the thing too, is like it's dependent it's dependent on who's doing the scrubbing of the content. And why. What you, is their motive? Right, because you have to you have to understand why certain things are the way they are. That's like I mean it's like going through old movies and and like racist characters existing, and it's like they're supposed to be. And it's strange, but obviously there are other, there are other, uh, there are a couple of Brian Pullman uh, interviews <laughs> that get a little racist. Well, you know, and I was going to say there, there is twenty percent. Sure, if, sure, if we, and, and and that's the twenty percent that you're that talking 20% about. Twenty yeah, percent, yeah, yeah, was either always wrong, and they were wrong to say it, and they got away with it somehow, or it was always wrong. But the time in which it was said, we had not, as a society, decided, let's not do that. Right. Now, typically, how does a society decide what not to do? You got to do the wrong thing first to know that it's wrong. So in a way, okay, yes, you can censor that. You can scrub that. Get rid of that. I understand that. But let's not take these individuals and cancel them per se let's not completely throw the baby out with the bathwater, and let's just take a second to acknowledge that sometimes somebody doing something wrong shows us all that it is wrong and then we can get rid of it i i agree with that but again we're we are casting a wide net here and we're speaking in generalities oh folks. very big very so big. obviously there are there are certain things that if they went that's fine uh, it probably should go, um, and we're not gonna. I can't really think of anything on top of my head, um, except for the, the <laughs> Brian Pillman stuff, where he's feuding with Jewish and Liger, and he's he goes into things about the the Japanese taking all the work from. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like I forget what his rant is, but it's it's funny because Johnny B. Bad is is uh, hamming it up next to him while he's he's going into it. Uh, what is that? Is it? I think it's a clash of the champions, maybe. Anyway, um, so th- that's our quick take on on the Peacock Network and censorship of WWE or just you know old wrestling in general. Uh, there there is there is a need for it in some areas, but in other areas, it, it's the point. It's the whole point. Yeah. So Perry, um, I know that we were going to sit down, and this is what we've been talking about these past couple of weeks. We've been sitting down, yes, and and we've been discussing the idea that we were going to come back and we were going to do this hey we're back episode and talk about the covid year and talk about not watching wrestling and talk about not doing the podcast and we weren't going to cover anything certainly in terms of uh headlines uh we weren't really going to structure this show uh in any way and we weren't going to break it down and and follow any type of format um but news is news and things occur and this is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. So not only are we going to discuss some specifics, but we also uh, would totally be out of character if we did not address the fact that there is breaking news. Literally news broke this morning that we that we should definitely cover. Sure, sure. Unfortunately, um, we need to report on the passing of Bobby Eaton. Uh, it, news broke this morning uh, all over 
the internet and, and social media as well about the passing of Bobby Eaton. Uh, classic, uh, in my mind, he's an NWA wrestler. Now, he wrestled uh, in various smaller territories long before he hit it big, uh, and he was a big part of early WCW, which, of course, was just an outgrowth of the NWA. Um, but to me, Bobby Eaton is one of those quintessential NWA guys. As a member of the Midnight Express, uh, Bobby Eaton, he, he inhabited that place of, like, Southern wrestling. Like, Southern old school wrestling. I mean, hell, Jim Cornette is his manager. The Alabama Jam uh, as, as a finisher. Uh, this is, this is a, a Southern man. You know, Bobby Eaton is an old school Southern wrestler. Well, first of all, I'd like to correct uh, my co-host Darren. and His name is Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Uh, least we forget, <laughs> uh, even though he, I don't know how women felt about him one way or another. Um, Bobby Eaton, during the NWA years, he was always, he seemed like a go-to guy. Like, you could put him in a match and he'd be fine. He was a fine wrestler. He was a fine wrestler. Um, I don't think he, he, I don't want to sound like I'm tearing him down, but I don't think he really, like, broke any barriers as far as wrestling goes. He was a very competent wrestler. Um but he always seemed to be kind of shoehorned into factions where he was in the Dangerous Alliance. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, Bobby Eaton's in the Dangerous Alliance. Oh, he was always in a group, even if it was just a tag team. Because even he, if it was not the Midnight Express. Right. I mean, he was quintessentially a, a tag team wrestler, a stable mate. Like, he was a group guy. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too, is I don't think they ever knew what to do with him. Because they knew exactly what I just said, which is he's a competent wrestler, but don't let him talk. Sure. Well, the big <laughs> league, yeah. The, I mean, the big leagues definitely didn't know what to do with him. Right. But I swear, if you watch any interview with anybody that was ever a superstar in the '80s or '90s, they are going to put Bobby Eaton over. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, everyone is puts Bobby Eaton over. And not just like as a good guy. In fact, they go out of their way to talk about how good of a worker Bobby Eaton was. Sure. And maybe I just don't. Maybe I just truly don't appreciate that like 1985 NWA style on the same level that I do other types of wrestling. I don't dislike it. I certainly don't dismiss it. It's just not my favorite. And so because Bobby Eaton is the embodiment of that style, he's just not my favorite. The Never was. The embodiment. <laughs> the embodiment. Um, <laughs> but I take nothing away from his impact. Uh, plenty of my wrestling heroes consider Bobby Eaton one of the best wrestlers ever. So I would not argue with those people. They're the ones that had to work with him. And they're the ones who felt like he put them over. Right. So he clearly was a hell of a worker. You again, you're you're making it sound like I am I am shitting on the man. I am not. He's fine. He's definitely he has his place when it comes to early WCW, uh, late NWA, and uh, I've always appreciated his contributions. But yeah, I think of Bobby Eaton, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and the Dangerous Alliance, or when they put him with uh, Lord Stephen Regal. And it was just very odd. Again, shoehorning him in places like Sir Robert Earl of Eaton. We don't know what to do with you, so now you're this. Um, now you're British. What? Oh, what? Just let Stephen Regal speak. Um, 
and and yeah, and when when you started bringing in like larger guys, because he was a tag team competitor for a very long time as well. Uh, but when you start bringing in people like Doom, uh, which is like Butch Reed and and Ron Simmons, so guys like you know the, like the Midnight Express or guys like the Rock and Roll Express look like you know uncles you pulled out of the audience to fight these giant gas monsters. Well, no, that's exactly right. That and that to me is part of that transition. Sure, from the NWA to WCW, NWA Midnight's and the Rock and Rolls every night. That's right. fine. But then you got Doom. The Steiners, Steiner Brothers. The Skyscrapers. LOD. The Road Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Then it's like, okay, these look like just a couple of guys next to these these beasts. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, watching the Rock and Roll Express, and this nothing to do with Bobby Eaton, watching the Rock and Roll Express feud with Doom on WCW was like, is this real life? <laughs> is this actually happening? It shouldn't be. Rock Don't and Roll Express could be 10 guys against Doom <laughs> and still not stand a chance against Butch Reed and Ron Simmons. Anywho, well, well, speaking of uh, bigger guys, uh, uh, a would-be WWF uh, heavyweight champion, Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, uh, also passed away recently. I, I did want to bring that up um, because he was also in WCW for a while as well. Well, it's funny because we, we mentioned um, Regal with Eaton, and I forgot what we watched, but Orndorff fights... Um, uh, does he fight? Uh, who does he fight? What were we watching? What is this Slamboree '95? Oh it, no, no, it's it's yeah, the, the Legends reunion or yeah. Oh my God, that is a terrible show. That was a terrible show. That is a terrible. Don't don't bring out the legends. It just reminds you that they're getting old and you are getting old. Uh, <laughs> that is a terrible show. Right, but Orndor fights uh, Muda. Yes, yes, Orndor fights uh, the Great Muda. Uh, during that period, uh, the uh, that was great. I mean, the matches, the matches good. Muda's great. The Muda's great, and the matches great. great Muda, and the matches pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Muda's great. Um, you just now the, get that, <laughs> Jesus. And that match is good, but that show is so bad. But yeah, oh man, the WCW New Japan. Uh, deal that they had for those that stretch of years was incredible. Going back to incredible. To, going back to Pillman uh, uh, Pillman Liger. Oh, riffing my God. on Liger and, and the Japanese in general. Uh, but also in in that same show is where you you get a glimpse of Regal with uh, Robert Eaton. Um, so again, going back to Bobby Eaton. So see, it all it all comes full circle, folks. This sounds like rambling. It all it all makes sense. Maybe. It is, but you know, it, it is beautiful, beautiful rambling. <laughs> Beautiful Bobby Eaton rambling. It is. So RIP to Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, now, I t- now that you've said that, there have been a lot of wrestlers that have passed in the last year and a half. There have been, That yes. we have not. The first one that's going to pop in my mind is New Jack. Um, and we're, we're not here to go over the full list of who passed in the last year and a half. But I just remembered... That New Jack obviously passed while we were not uh, producing the podcast, and I just wanted to say that like that one, that want to say goodbye to New Jack too, because that dude it made wrestling so real to me uh, at a time when I was getting back into wrestling at, at like age 15, 16, and had just gotten into ECW and thought. You know, there was a lot of things at that time that were making me think wrestling might be real. The Outsiders were one um, uh, in terms of like a business way or like I, somehow I, I almost laugh at myself now thinking how not real it really, it really seemed, but it did. 
But then New Jack, what New Jack was doing in the ring. Of course, we come to find out that some of it was real. Sure. He was just shooting on people and hurting people. And, you know, I'll never forget the the, the words justifiable homicide, which he dropped in Beyond the Mat. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. But, like, um, yeah. So, New Jack also has passed since since we last recorded. So, RIP to these gentlemen that, uh, I don't know if gentleman's the right word, but... Well, right. Well, one quick one, um, a, a much younger talent did pass away. We'll, we'll, we'll pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, I'm surprised you have not mentioned this. Someone that was within a hair of being on this very podcast, uh, we were in communications with, uh, didn't actually happen because of timing. Trying to get my schedule, Darren's schedule, and his schedule coordinated together was more difficult than we wanted it to be. Uh, Josephus Brody uh, did pass away as well. Uh, that's really and you, Darren, were more, you were in direct contact with him. Uh, you, you probably have more to say about this one, but I just want to say uh, we appreciated uh, that he gave us his time and, and, and hate that we were so close to getting the interview together and it didn't quite happen. It was around the time he was feuding with David Arquette. Well, exactly. And it actually, if I, if I remember it correctly... Um, it was a, probably at the height of, of the whole Reffin show. We got really, really hot. And we peaked there for a while in which uh, I know, I mean, we won't go into all the details, but Perry, I know you and I have sat around and said, how weird is it getting a text from someone who's backstage at Raw? Because oh, they right, just right. competed right. on Raw. And how weird is it to get a DM in the middle of the night from a title holder who wants to say something on the next episode of the whole reference show. Sure. And how weird is it to be in this place or to be in this place or to see something like that or talk to this person. And, and that is where the whole reference show had managed to position itself there a couple of years ago. And it was during the time in which Josephus was feuding with David Arquette that David Arquette started following us on social media. And he had, uh, liked a, a whole bunch of posts all at once and then started liking just about every other post by the whole ref and show. And then at that same time, I began communicating with Josephus Brody. And like Perry said, we never could figure out a time where all three of us were free. Perry was in Los Angeles. I was in South Georgia. Josephus was in Nashville, maybe. Um, and of course we all live very busy lives and unfortunately it never happened. And he was extremely gracious. Uh, and I, I chatted with him many, many times and he was, uh, as far as I know, was planning to be incredibly generous with more time coming on our show. It didn't happen. And unfortunately he passed away. Um, so RIP to Josephus Brody. Um, that was a magnificent career in, in, in its short, in its short time. And I think could have been a huge one. So <laughs> now I have to say one more, one more before we move on. And that Go is, hey, we, we, we missed a, we missed a pretty long we really year did. happened. We yeah. really did. But I, uh, Josephus was a shocking one. Um, and so was Brody Lee. Ah, yes. And, yes, yes. and, um, I remember hearing about that one and thinking, what? Brody Lee? Really? Because he had gone to AEW and 
Uh, and I missed all of it. I'm This is during the time of not watching at all. I missed all of Brody Lee's AEW run where he showed up and he was the, uh, the man behind the Dark Order and was going to be, as far as it appeared, going to be an enormous part of the top tier uh, of the, uh, the AEW ladder. And um, he had been so close to the top there for a while on a couple of different occasions in the WWE uh, as Luke Harper. And I was such a big fan for so long. And, you know, I, I'm going to have to find some way to go back and watch his time as Brody Lee, leader of the Dark Order in the AEW, to truly um, uh, pay some respect to, to the latter part of his career. But Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, a, a, a shocker for sure. A lot of personnel changes, speaking of him, uh, you know, obviously Brody Lee, people think of him, they think of Bray Wyatt. Uh, and uh, that whole, the family, none of them with WWE any longer. There have been a lot of personnel changes at WWE. A lot of folks have jumped ship to AEW. Um, Bray Wyatt recently, this is pretty much, you know, not breaking, but very recent news. Bray Wyatt was released by WWE, um, which is, is uh, crazy. Uh, apparently, the, they said budget reasons. That's the joke that's being passed around the internet right now. Well, that's the that's been the reason given for a lot of these. Oh, maybe not bring Goldberg back to wrestle one match. Yeah, uh, for, uh, for a bathtub full of money. Well, and and not <laughs> to mention that they what it's up to like sixty or eighty uh, like behind the scenes people that have been released. I mean, you know, we're like, oh my God, Bray Wyatt's not on TV. But like, what about the 60 people who lost their jobs? Sure. And these were straight up WWE employees. And so if you care about wrestling, you care about WWE, you care about that company, you realize the company is sacrificing its own employees because NBC Universal. The people, of course, behind Peacock are telling them that your production people are redundant. They are expendable, and now they should go away. Well, I'm all about trimming the fat, and WWE certainly has a lot of that, but that is not... <laughs> that is like what accidentally gets cut off the steak on accident, because there's just too much fat around it. I don't know. Uh, losing Bray Wyatt, that's 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 kind of crazy to me. And it was a big surprise to everyone, I think. Um, also with like Braun Strowman, uh, Alistair Black, a lot of folks just kind of got thrown out, uh, Ruby Riot, uh, also, I mean, just, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of people to list. I, I know most of our listeners watch wrestling anyway, and this is not news to them, but for the small percentage that listens to our show and doesn't know wrestling, you know, exactly, or doesn't watch it every Monday or whatever day it comes on nowadays, <laughs> whatever, whatever you kids do. Um, it's just that it's kind of shocking to, uh, think of the talent that's, that's kind of gone out the door. And of course that for a lot of people, that means they're just going to show up in AEW and AEW has taken on a lot of the people that have jumped that ship. But at what point does old Tony Khan pull out the wallet and turn it up upside down and a fly comes out of it because their budget has got to be getting uh, pretty big for the, the roster they have now. Because it did seem like, okay, if anyone leaves WWE, just go to AEW, you'll be fine. But now it's kind of like, you okay, there's too many people. You can't take on all these people. Or, or at least you should not take on all these people. They definitely cannot. 
I mean, they truly cannot at this point, the number that have been released from WWE in the last year. Uh, I'm with you. And we talked about this a lot before we took our, the, our, our big hiatus, but like the great hiatus, if you will. Um, we talked about this a lot and it's that the WWE was so bloated that it was unbookable because with the talent that they had, you could have arguably booked a WrestleMania quality card every single week and exchange 50% of the roster every time. Sure. Uh, you know, maybe not for a, a non-viewer or a casual viewer, but if you were into wrestling in the last five years, then pre-COVID, you could have booked the most amazing cards every single week in WWE. It, it's like... And it's, they didn't. It's like there are so many uh, superheroes that have showed up in the Avengers movies. You could have five distinct Avengers teams. Sure. That, that are interesting it's, lineups. And guess what? When there's too much, it's too much. Sure. It, it's very simple. You think, oh, it won't be too much, and it's way too much. Well, think of all of WWE's roster... Their main roster. And then the people that you forget that are even employed because they get so little airtime. And now think about NXT's main roster. And the people that you barely see because they don't get that much airtime. Now think about the people that only perform at house shows. And that's a you can do a whole nother show with just the talent that's waiting. Now think about the people who are just in the performance center who haven't even made it to the house shows yet. Oh, I now know. think about the people that Triple H keeps saying, "Oh, you're famous enough to come wrestle for me." I, I they're know. doing it to themselves, Darren. I know, and and it used to be so frustrating for me to look at the roster and see that it was so bloated, and they would be bringing in these people that were huge names elsewhere, and they were just not. Sp- special anymore in a WWE ring because in like a Monday Night War era situation there were people coming in to WWE slash NXT that yeah sure they made a big splash like the week they appeared but then it went away the excitement fizzled so fast and the importance fizzled so fast Based on who they were elsewhere, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, like these people just became nothing. You know, Finn Balor went back to NXT since we've recorded. Samoa Joe was released. Then he came back. But where did he come back? In NXT. He was gone for like a week. In a non-wrestling That's role. That's strangest. He was future endeavored and then he came right back. And... I just, that's part of my frustration with the bloated roster. But it seems particularly odd that with that bloated roster and my complaints about those people getting stuck at the bottom of the card, guess what? They are all still under contract. Meanwhile, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, Aleister Black, gone. Gone, baby, gone. (laughs) And, you know, Strowman... There were reports that he had been quoted as saying he would never wrestle anywhere other than WWE. There were some rumors that WWE wanted him back after all. And then he was like, no, I don't want to. 
Well, well, on that topic, uh, a, a thing that's being debated and has been debated since it existed, really, is that when wrestlers sign, most of the time they get stuck with something called a 90-day no-compete clause, uh, which, for those who don't understand that exactly, it just basically means that if you get fired from WWE, you can't wrestle anywhere else for 90 days, um, which is bullshit, especially considering that the wrestlers are independent contractors that's like someone coming to, like, fix my roof, and I say, hey, great, good job. No, you can't fix a roof for 90 days. <laughs> That's, you laugh. It's literally no that different. That is literally the same exact yeah, thing. It's no different. And a lot of these wrestlers aren't paid the big bucks, so that just means they can't work for three months. Um, and, and, why, and why? Because Vince McMahon thinks nine, 90 days is how long it'll take for everybody to forget who you are. Obviously, it's Vince flexing his muscle, and, like, it's funny because apparently you can't make money for me, but here's the here's to make sure that you can't also make money for someone else in case you can make money after all. Uh, it, it just makes no sense to me. Like, oh, I don't need you, but someone else might, so hopefully in 90 days they'll forget that they might need you. It, it's, it's just such an odd thing to do. Well, I mean... It is, and it's ter it's odd, it's weird, it's terrible, and it's wrong, and probably technically illegal. But we know why they do it, and it's because of the lessons that all the wrestling promoters learned in the Monday Night Wars, which was, if you don't you know, stick somebody with a no-compete clause... They're going to pop up on the competition show next week. Well, that, that that's that they're trying to avoid someone jobbing out their last match on a Sunday at the pay-per-view and then showing up the competitor's Monday show the next day. Right. I get it. Lex Luger style, Bret Hart style, Rick Rude a, style. A 30-day clause would be sufficient. Well, it's funny that you mention that because you know who did take advantage of having only a 30-day no-compete clause, and that is... I do, but who? That is Tommy End, ah. uh, known as Aleister Black in WWE, and after 30 days from his WWE release, was known as Malachi Black in AEW. Uh, apparently, when Tommy End was in NXT as Aleister Black, his contract contained a 30-day no-compete clause. When he moved to the main roster, uh, it was supposed to be adjusted to a 90-day no-compete clause. It was not done. And as a result, when he was released, he kept quiet for 30 days and then said, by the way, I only have a 30-day no-compete clause, signed with AEW, appeared on AEW Dynamite <laughs> and made a huge splash. And that is precisely why Vince doesn't want it that way. Because, no, nobody was going to forget him or Bray Wyatt or Braun Strowman or anybody else in 90 days, but sure as shit aren't going to forget him in 30 days. Well, someone like Mark Henry, who had a 20-year contract, and he was there for that entire 20 years. And man, did I feel old when I... Heard that Mark Henry's 20-year contract had expired. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, I'm old. WWE went, okay, we're done. We're going to let you go now. You've been hired longer than anyone ever has. Um, and he showed up on AEW, uh, along with Big Show. Like I said, some pretty big names that have been synonymous with WWE have uh, jumped to AEW. And every time it happens, it seems like Vince takes it as like a personal jab. And it's just like, no, I need to work somewhere else. It's just, it's going to have to be that way. Uh, and someone who is rumored to be leaving the WWE 
And maybe AEW bound is one Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson. And that is a huge topic right now. And I think Vince has already said that, like, if that happens, he would take it very personally. And you can't do that because it's a business, Vince. You're the one that says it's, you know, a, a X amount of your relationship. Someone forgot that this is a business. Um, but apparently Vince would be mad at that. Also rumored that CM Punk would also jump to AEW, which Vince doesn't seem to be too too mad about. But Daniel Bryan, he'd be more it'd be more of a personal thing to him. Okay, so we're talking about AEW a lot. Uh, the main reason is for, for me personally is because the only real wrestling I've watched in the last year and a half is the last two weeks of Dynamite. Sure, uh, I've watched those two episodes in their entirety. Did fast forward a little bit because. <laughs> The non-bloated roster that AEW uh, has right now, because it is, it's not bloated. There's still a lot of filler on that show, and there are some people that I just I can't watch. I just can't watch them yet. And not, top of which, of course, is Angelico. Oh my God, I can't. I can't. <laughs> wow. I cannot watch that dude. Don't name names, Darren. Oh, Don't name I names. I can't watch him. I cannot watch him. You, you, we can call Randy Orton, Randy Borton. Already snorting because he's an established star, but these new kids. No, the Angelico is not a new kid. <laughs> well, oh, AEW has has they do have a bloated roster. Let's let's just go ahead and say that there are plenty of people who are paid to just be there and not wrestle Paul Heyman style, uh, as we talked about when we watched AEW together. But okay, <sighs> yes, but they're not they're not a lot of they're not all stars. And they're not putting on great matches, so. Bloated, yes. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, I definitely want to touch on that fact that they're so ridiculously heavy on teams, if you will. Uh, but we'll talk no, about no, that. Stables. Right. We'll talk about that in a minute. Like, I just wanted to say that, like, AEW is watchable. It is very watchable these last couple of weeks. I've actually enjoyed it. Not just because there's a crowd... Not just because I've taken such a long break from watching. Not just because it's not WWE. But it actually has been pretty entertaining. I will say this very quickly. The difference between AEW and WWE is there's nothing exciting on WWE. There are no surprises on WWE. At AEW, all. there have been some nice surprises. There's been some exciting stuff that's going to happen. You're going to see new stuff happen on AEW. You're going to see old safe stuff on WWE. Goldberg coming back. There's nothing exciting about that. There's nothing even remotely interesting about that. No, and I've, God knows I have stood up for Goldberg as if he gives a shit. Wrong, wrongly so. But like, but I have. <laughs> I have repeatedly. I know. And, but this time, I mean, I'm not, I don't hate Goldberg suddenly. I just, I'm like, meh. I just... I, you know, I'm not going to get all upset about him returning again, but I damn sure don't care. Like, there were a couple times that he's come back and most people were very angry, and I wasn't angry. I was just like, whatever. Okay, cool. I like Goldberg, uh, but no but no more. I'm, I am totally over it. I am totally <laughs> over Goldberg at this point. T um, tenth times the charm? You sure? Yeah, tenth, tenth times the uncharm. Oh, okay. But AEW... Uh, like you said, Brian Danielson uh, rumored to possibly appear at AEW's New York City show uh, from Arthur Ashe Stadium. And CM Punk rumored to appear 
at uh, AEW's All Out show in Chicago, which of course would only make sense being in CM Punk's uh, hometown of Chicago. Chicago made punk, right? That's what the CM stands for. And I think that that would be truly, truly momentous. Those are big league steals. You know, I wouldn't call CM Punk a steal because he's been out of wrestling for so long. But I do because Vince would have him back in a second. Okay. I think the ability to sign him is the steal. And he's not being stolen from Vince, but he's be- certainly being kept away from Vince. Now, here's the thing. I've been way anti-CM Punk since he left WWE because he shit on wrestling. He truly shit all over wrestling. And he embarrassed himself in the octagon. And so the combination of those two things made me lose all respect for him. But I would be an idiot if I thought his returning to wrestling for one match, five matches, or a full schedule. I don't know. I would be an idiot if I didn't recognize that that is enormous. It's a huge deal. You'd be an idiot to think that CM Punk would come back for a full schedule. No, I don't. I don't. I'm just saying that to say I don't know. I would think it would be a very, very light schedule, but I do think it would be for more than one match because if he's going to do it, if he's going to bother with it at all, then I'm sure there's something in him that's like, oh, I need to fight this guy. I need to fight this guy. He's not going to appear on AEW Dark and fight Angelico or anything. (laughs) He may, yeah, just to screw with you, Darren. (laughs) And they'll have Glacier be the special guest referee. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So... Boycott. AEW, watching it with you, because I hadn't watched it in a very long time, and I I will say that they're, they're doing a lot of things right uh, if I could criticize the show, um, they're using some of their talent in a very good way. Um, but also a lot of it is a horribly overbooked. You have far too many people who do nothing. Um, they, they've taken good aspects from other wrestling promotions and kind of held on to them. But like like we said from the beginning, like this looks like WCW all over again. Now that they're literally taking anyone who leaves WWE, all the outcomes are horribly overbooked. Um, and you have random people in hoodies attacking people ringside and it's someone new every week. It's just like, you can't do that every week. It's not, it's not exciting every week. You, you, can't have, you can't have the same shocker endings to things every week because it's not going to be shocking anymore. And it's hard to shock an audience anymore as it is. But also, um, I know Jericho, Jericho had that match with uh, Nick Gage and uh, I'm not a huge Jericho fan right now, but man, hats off to Jericho for going through that match and taking a lot of damage from Nick Gage, who's really good at taking damage himself. Not so good at the wrestling stuff. Uh, the That running knee was like painful to watch. It was like watching some guest celebrity do a wrestling spot in the ring. Uh, 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 yeah, if you... T- <laughs> If you take away the the fluorescent light bulbs and the panes of glass, Nick Gage was a lot like Drew Carey in the Royal No, absolutely. Uh, And I take nothing away from Nick Gage. The guy literally died. He Uh, died. He died and came back to life for what he does. And he's great at taking punishment and dishing it out. Speaking of New Jack... He's 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 a New Jack-esque, but New Jack could throw a fucking clothesline. He also stabbed, we mentioned David Arquette earlier, Nick Gage also stabbed David Arquette in the throat. Yeah, that wasn't very nice. Um, well, let's back up for just a second. <laughs> okay. So Nick Gage is fighting Chris Jericho. Why? That's weird. Did AEW sign Nick Gage? I don't think people want to watch Nick Gage every Wednesday night. 
Not the people watching AEW on TNT anyway. So who is he and why is he there? So Chris Jericho. God knows. <laughs> We're going to talk uh, a lot about Jericho. Probably a lot of bad about Jericho uh, in the near future. But he's brought it on himself. I mean, he was the biggest mouthpiece for old guys need to get out of the way and make the room for young talent the entire time that he was young talent. And the moment he became the old guy, he started pushing the new guys down the card, keeping them out of the way and keeping himself on the spotlight. Well, for me, what that meant was his entire run in AEW thus far has been a farce. It has been a joke. And it has been an insult to anybody that listened to him and believed in that ethos of keep the young talent in the spotlight and this all goes, these years. And this goes back to what I was saying about AEW just being a rehash of WCW because they are they are not making the same mistakes they used to. Uh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, and they're making new ones. Um, so Jericho's attempt, whoever's booking it, uh, to make Jericho a little more... Um, um, earning his paycheck, making it worthwhile to a, to a veteran viewer, is this feud with MJF. MJF has told him you have to complete these five tasks, the labors of Jericho, in order to earn the right to face MJF again. And the first one was against Sean Spears. The second one what a task. was uh, <laughs> defeating Nick Gage. And of course, that's a big deal because of the reasons we've already stated. This guy is a king of the death match. This guy did die uh, uh, in, in a wrestling ring or outside a wrestling ring, having bled to death. And uh, he did was revived. Uh, he also spent years in prison for robbing a bank. Um, this, this guy is not a professional wrestler. This guy is um, he's a freak show. I mean, he's a sideshow. And, you know, he's, he's hard. Those are Darren's words, Nick. I didn't. I don't. <laughs> he's hardcore in the most extreme ways. Like he's, this is old school. This is like old school, weird, dirty, underground, 1990s kind of scary, hardcore wrestling. This is King of the Death match minus any wrestling, any shred of wrestling. Exactly. And as you said, so Jericho wins the match. So he's moving on to... The uh, the third labor of Jericho, third of five, and MJF announced that it would be Juventud Guerrera, uh, a major rival of Jericho's from 25 years ago. Well, this is only cool because if you're an old wrestling fan like us, which is funny to say that because this is this is late 90s. Uh, uh, Nitro WCW stuff, but yeah, they had a feud. Jericho and Juventud Guerrera. Uh, it was what hair versus mask, and Jericho won and actually took Juventud's mask. And this is actually that was a joke when Jericho showed up on WWE television. He cut a promo on The Rock, and The Rock cut one on him and said, "You were fighting some jabroni named Juventud." And Jericho goes, "I got his mask. I took his mask." It's, and that's been kind of a running joke throughout Juventud Guerrera and WCW took on a, a persona much like The Rock, no longer having his, his mask, which I thought that was always a very interesting unspoken rivalry between The Rock and Juventud Guerrero. Uh, very strange. Very but strange. What's, what's even stranger is the fact that this MJF comes out after Jericho's match with Nick Gage and says, you're going to be fighting Juventud Guerrero. 
He's not there. That would have been way more impactful if he just showed up and said, here's your next opponent. And people would be like, oh, my God. And you have Jim Ross and you have Shivani there on, on commentary go, well, that's Juventus Guerrero. These two have been old-timey rivals. And that match is only cool because of the history between Juventus Guerrero and Chris Jericho. And AEW fucked up the storytelling of that. Well, it didn't stop there. Oh. They fucked up the match. <laughs> or, or honestly, right. Juventud and Jericho fucked up the match. It was real bad. Okay. It was really, really bad. I and haven't I, watched the match. I, I, and I don't have to, I guess. I don't mean it was bad because... It wasn't great. I don't mean it was bad because they didn't give it enough time. I don't mean it was bad because it was in a WWE ring and it's so safe that it's boring. I mean, I think AEW gave them time, opportunity, and the truth is that the two of them have lost a step. Hoovy's lost maybe... No. Jericho is better than he ever no. has been. No. Jericho said that, Darren. Juventud Guerrera, bless his heart, it looked like his legs have begun to atrophy. Oh, no. Now, if they have, I'm terribly sorry to hear that. <laughs> but like, I don't mean to laugh at that. But I would, be, I would believe it. I would believe he has suffered a lower back injury or some sort of problem where his legs have taken a, a, a beating. And it wouldn't be so bad if they had wrestled... In, a, in an updated style where they recognized that they're 50 years old. Right. Or, the problem or is they, like a tag team capacity. They tried yeah. to put on a 1997 Nitro match. Hour two Nitro and match. And they both kept falling down. Oh, no. Hooventude looked like he could barely climb the ropes. Oh, no. Every single head scissors takedown was botched. Every one of them. It was a terrible... Terrible. It was a head match. scissors fall down, Darren. You, it was, you just don't know about the moves. It was bad. Okay. But of course Jericho wins because of course he's gonna win. He's gonna he's gonna win all five labors so that he faces MJF, and then of course he'll beat MJF. Unless I were booking, and he would definitely lose to MJF because that's the only way to truly pay off that kind of it, <laughs> feud. If you give a wrestler so many trials and tribulations to get to the object of their affection. They're probably going to pass all the trials to get to that setup match. It's not like you're going to go, here are the five matches you must win, and he'll lose three and go, well, we'll never know what matches four and five were. See you next week, folks. And this goes back to even more criticism I have about AEW, where everyone, it's not just Jericho and Juventude trying to wrestle like hour two Nitro, the cruiserweight hour, the kickies and flippies we all love so well. Every match is that. And this is, this is how Nitro was better than AEW's Dynamite, is that that one hour was that. You had other wrestlers with different capabilities and, and that, could, that could do different things, different kinds of wrestling. So you had a variety. Now you need, this is where you actually need some events you know, WWE gas monsters to show up. They have Rusev now who is on the show, who's one of those guys, but there's no one else who looks like Rusev on their roster. No, and Rusev, who's now going by Miro, and is the TNT champion, Dumb. which is their mid-level belt. Uh, I would I would call it the equivalent of the 
tele the old television title. It literally is from <laughs> the NWA television channel title and WCW. Right. Oh, that that sucks. The TV title was all of TV. The TNT title was literally just one channel. Just one title. channel is the channel championship. Does that um, mean the U.S. title was the USA Network title? No. Oh. The, maybe con- it, the, the it, Continental title? Maybe it does now. The Continental title, yeah. I love it. The Continental title. Um, <laughs> continental title. That brings me back, Darren. You know what that is? That's a Schweppes moment. Another Schweppes moment brought to you by Schweppes. Schweppes. A sparkling tradition since 1783. Oh, you know you can't even find the the... The, the good kind anymore. What are you talking about? You can't find it. It's because we were away for so long. They stopped carrying it. They stopped carrying it. It's because we stopped advertising it. People so forgot people about it. People stopped Schweppes. drinking it and they stopped bottling it. Uh, we're bringing it back, baby. We're, we're bringing it back. It's, you know, that or COVID. So, uh, you're saying about AEW? Um, so, Miro. Miro is good because Rusev was always good. Um, although his promos are strange. Here's another thing that uh, some of our hashtag dear listeners might have to be a little patient with us uh, with regard to what we don't understand or don't understand yet. What's a headlock? Like, I don't know if Miro's gimmick has been explained or not, but it's he's calling himself the Redeemer and God's favorite wrestler. And like he said, his favorite two things in the world are God and a double-jointed wife. So it's like, okay, what is your gimmick? Um, here is a, a thought that washed over me when watching the second episode of Dynamite. I don't know who's writing these promos. and so, I don't think anyone is writing and these I promos. Think they're not. I supposedly... No one is. On one hand, that makes me very happy. I couldn't be happier that it's not a bunch of television writers writing these weird, long, scripted promos that all have the same voice and therefore do nothing to get anybody over on their own accord. However, (laughs) I don't think anybody is even helping. I don't even think other wrestlers are like lending a helping hand to some of these AEW promos. Some of them are so weird and bad and lame. Like, like again, backyard wrestling. And it's that, so backyard and, and wrestling. And that's the problem I had with AEW since the start. Uh, Darby Allen is to me, is still one of those guys where it's like, is anyone coaching him at all? Like, you need, like, an acting coach at least to help some of these people out. There, there's a... There's a reason that people get stuck in the Performance Center as long as they do, or at these NXT house shows as long as they do, because they're not ready yet. But when AEW came around, AEW and NXT are both scrambling to grab any indie talent before the other person can. Unfortunately, some people are just not ready for television. These AEW doesn't have an NXT and a performance center to get people ready. They're just like, throw them out there and, and see if they can swim. Right, a lot of them are doggy paddling at best. Right, and that's where the disconnect is. Yeah, yeah. The disconnect is great. They're not scripted promos. But in order to pull off an unscripted promo, you need to be good already. Sure. And that's why a handful of them are doing a great job. I'll listen to a handful of them Say all sorts of things. Um, like Moxley, for example. 
you know, he he shoots a weird promo. He's not the best promo in the business. He's not even close. But he benefits from not having to perform something he didn't write. And so while he's not delivering the best promos in the world, they're they're better than anything Dean Ambrose ever said. Sure. Because John Moxley is coming up with this stuff out of his own head, and I dig that. Like, I really do dig that. Uh, the person I think that is uh, already in two appearances, two brief appearances, uh, making a, a major impact and I think is going to be a big, big deal in AEW is Malachi Black. Tommy End, formerly known as Aleister Black. Um, I think his appearance in AEW was a huge deal. You can see the pride and the confidence in his swagger. Uh, and he defeated Cody Rhodes. Which probably should have been like the main event of a pay-per-view, uh, but it just happened on their, their regular TV show. But as you said earlier, like it, it's almost like you could have a main event so many different ways with all the, the talent that's everywhere. WWE, NXT, and you know AEW alike. Um, but I, I do feel like they gave that match away. And I think Cody Rhodes is going to step away from wrestling for a while to work on another TV show. See, that's news to me. Like right. that, there's talk about being out of touch with certain things. I didn't know anything about that, and so when I saw him uh, sitting on the ground uh, with the diamond stud Tony Schiavone taking a knee next to him and uh, extending the microphone. Uh, as they tried to hand him Tiny Tim's crutch. What the <laughs> hell was that? Because they put the crutch in the ring next to him, and I was like, that is the world's smallest crutch, but you thought it was just like forced perspective. I thought that's but forced perspective. But he literally picked it up, and it was like a toddler's crutch. And they were like, what's... Who, why is Whose this? crutch is that? Who thought it was a good idea, and that immediately killed any like emotion you have with what he's about to say, because he's basically about to say, like, you know... He started in the wrestling business. He was very young. He mentions his father, Dusty Rhodes, and now he wants to kind of retire. And that was, that's when I was like, wait, what, what is, are we watching? Yeah, exactly. Because I had no idea. No idea. It's the kind of thing that, had we been watching all along, I would have surely been up on this news. But right. that, So that was kind of... That was kind of cool. That's nah, kind of stupid because I know D- it was Dusty kind of Rhodes cool to see something I didn't expect. Well, Dusty Rhodes wrestling, you know, well beyond his, you know, twi- or into his twilight years, I should say. Uh, freaking Dustin Rhodes uh, wrestling forever. I think he still makes appearances every now and again. I think. Well, he appeared twice on that episode of Dynamite. Well, there you go. So for Cody Rhodes, who's like all of what thirty. I don't know how old Cody Rhodes is. Well, we'll say somewhere in the 30s, maybe, maybe, maybe low 40s. It's like for him to say, oh, I'm retiring now. That's just kind of ridiculous to me. And and trying to do the whole like leaving your boots in the ring thing, which he was stopped. He got one boot off or halfway off before old Malachi came in and hit him and took his boots. For me, that ended kind of weird um, because Malachi Black kind of just looks at his boots. And it's like, is he going to take his boots? Is he going to put them on? Is he going to smell them? What's he going to do? And just kind of leaves, and the show kind of ends on that. For me, Malachi should have taken his other shoe off and then said, like, like you quit when I tell you you can quit. Something like that. It's more open-ended that way. That would, Instead of just saying nothing. I like that. That would have been good. Yeah, it, they could have written that a bit better for me. But, but I'm on board for Malachi Black. Like, I'm super on board for Malachi Black. I liked Tommy End before he ever went to WWE. I loved Aleister Black in NXT. 
Of course, they didn't do anything with him on the main roster, so that... <laughs> Shocker! Right. Well, that, that, that also kind of goes back to our WWE NXT fatigue. Now NXT, the show, is twice as long, and, and not in a good way. We're, we're getting... Back in the day, you got an hour of NXT, and it, had, it felt special, like ECW being only an hour... You know, pay-per-view, you know, every month or before that was like every other month or every few months or whatever. So now we get way too much NXT. Um, every time they send someone to the main roster, they just get buried on the main roster. Like I'm, everyone's tired of that merry-go-round. Um, <laughs> so then that's why it's kind of lost. Like, oh, they're getting called up, man. Good for them. Now it's like you're getting called up. It's like walking the plank. Like, nice to know you. That's why people go back to NXT now. Ember Moon, I believe, uh, back on NXT television because... She was used a lot oh, better there, and she deserves Mandy some... Rose. Yeah, Mandy Rose. I mean, and she was supposedly one of Vince's favorites. I don't know what she did, but... I don't know. I don't know. Mandy Rose better watch it with that uh, that toner, though. Her and uh, Charlotte Bordeaux with that heavy, heavy foundation look like the, the orange people from Guardians of the Galaxy, the ones that make Adam Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Oompa Loompas, but they're prettier than that. Well, speaking of, of Scarlet Bordeaux, with I know a lot of people are mad that Carrion Cross, who was built... Speaking of people getting buried on the main roster, Carrion Cross built up to be this this major guy who like never loses, has lost twice on the main roster. To me, not knowing the inside scoop on that, the only thing I can chalk that up to is that is Vince like just i think that's vince saying i'm sorry hunter this is still my company oh sure because carrying cross is a is a triple h is one of triple h's all nxt are triple h but especially so keith lee but but keith lee was the second guy to beat carry on cross and jeff hardy came back after being future endeavored for a long time came back just to beat uh carry on cross and now jeff hardy has covid so he's gone for a while so that goes nowhere um, this is, of course, after Jeff Hardy came came to Valdosta, <laughs> actually the home of the whole reference show. Probably meeting people, and and the phone rang while people were in lot, and he went, and he looked at his caller ID, and it said WWE, and went, I gotta get out of here, and hopped on a bus to to uh, Titan Towers or wherever they are these days. Not there anymore. No, definitely Orlando, somewhere in Orlando. The performance. Oh, that's side. that's a short trip then, much shorter than to New York. Yes. So yeah. Things are wacky uh, in the wrestling world, and uh, we're just now, you know, kind of focusing in and paying more attention than we used to. But is it is it just me, or here we are a little over an hour in, and I feel like I didn't know what this was going to be like, but this kind of fits like a comfy old pair of pants. There you go. Yeah. Doesn't it? Well, yeah, but also... It's, but also it's, not. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I actually am enjoying this. But to, to go back to like the, the wrestling landscape's major changes, I'm looking at this WrestleMania 33 poster that you and I went to, and just looking at that, like so many roster changes just right there. And if you go back to 32, it was a very different story being told as well. So, I mean, so much can change in a year in wrestling as it is. Um, well, hell, think about when we watched Royal Rumble '92 and Royal Rumble '93. How different things not were. that long Absolutely, ago, yeah. and we were in there. Even that night, we were saying while watching '92 Rumble, "Oh, the day, those days when that the roster was steady and the roster was sturdy and steadfast." And and then turned right around and said, "Oh wait, no, I guess it wasn't." Yeah, I guess it was not at all. And it's not because they were not booked in it. It's because they were no longer there. 
or they were no longer relevant. Well, Ric Flair got a lot done in a year. I will say that for him. <laughs> Speaking of which, no longer with WWE, Ric Flair. I, I kept wanting to bring it back to that, but I didn't want to have to, to go back again. But yeah, Ric Flair uh, released from uh, WWE uh, was not uh, was not future endeavored. They just said he's he's gone. I don't really see. I I didn't bring it up at all because that one. I mean, I, I literally saw something about it on Instagram, and I was like. Oh, he was under WWE contract. You know, like, right? I figured, well, it's not like you see him every Monday. Well, that's but. what I mean. Is I figured that he was probably had some sort of contract, but it it didn't seem like the kind of contract he'd have to break. And again, I don't work for the company. I don't know how their contracts are structured, but it just seemed like one of those like when Vince wants him to appear, he gives him a call, he throws him some cash. And he appears. A Legends contract, if you will. But I guess for Ric Flair, there was more to it than that. There must have been. At this point, I don't know what Ric Flair owes Vince McMahon. I don't know what Vince McMahon owes Ric Flair. Besides handshake agreements, um, they're they're beyond making money off of each other. Like, a, a large amount of money off of each other. Well, to your point, that's why I thought it was weird that it had to even be announced. Ric Flair asks for his release. Well, that might just be... Ric like, Flair granted his release. Like, that what? might just be for, like, the news mill. Like, oh, it's a big thing. Ric Flair, a free agent, folks. I mean, all... What does it... I mean, what does it mean? All it means is he's going to AEW so that he and Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard well, he, can they, go, oh, here we are. We're the three horsemen. He says it's not that. He says it's it's more so to work on, I think he said a comic book and something else. You know, hey, the, hey, the Ric hey, Flair hey. comic book that we want to see at 72. Hey, maybe you don't. Uh, <laughs> of course, I guess if it's a comic book, he doesn't have to be 72. He could be, you know, styling and profiling 27 for eternity. For eternity. I mean, hell. The Marvel character, Eternity? <laughs> Darren? Ric Flair versus Ric Eternity? Ric versus Eternity! That's, is that in Marvel Phase 4? I don't know, but that... I think you have both those people on your wall right this minute. <laughs> uh, Actually, I do. I can look to my left. Where's Flair? Where's Flair? Because I, I, I knew the Infinity Gauntlet posters up here, but where's Flair? Damn it! Oh, wait, now that's unexpected. It's unexpected that I do have the Marvel character Eternity on a poster on my wall. And not and Ric I Flair. And I don't have Ric Flair. That's okay. It's okay. That's weird. Anyway, folks. <laughs> we are back. And uh, that's where we are uh, in our wrestling brains. Uh, apologies for not being totally up to date with what's been going on the last year. We're going to kind of catch as catch can. And uh, pick up where we left off and not try to rehash what's been going on for the last year and a half. Again, a lot of you are wrestling fans. You know very well what's going on. But uh, yeah, we're going to get back into it. We're going to dip our toes into the water. Uh, this is, I guess, this is us dipping our toes. And we're going to go ahead and get into the jacuzzi and uh, sit down. Darren referenced that a lot. We're going to sit down and, and Perry and I sat down. And apparently we do a lot of sitting together. I like to sit. I, I, I enjoy it. I'm not much of a stander and I don't really like to lie down. But sitting, it's just right. It's weird. I can stand sitting. So, <laughs> so we're getting back into it, folks. We do appreciate you listening in. I hope you are welcoming us back into your ears. Uh, it's a good place for us to be. We enjoy being in your ears. Please keep your uh, your ears clean. I understand. It's neglected sometimes, the hygiene of the ear canal. Don't do it. 
Wow, that's a whole other podcast. That's our other the Yellowstone podcast and the ear ear hygiene, hygiene ear hygiene. I'm all for it, and it's still going to be called the Whole Ref and Show, folks. So make sure you check the the descriptions of our episodes before you tune in. You might be confused. Uh, the Whole so Ref and Show A, B, and C. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, did you enjoy the episode? Are you glad to have us back? Let us know. There are a lot of ways to let us know. You can find us on Facebook at The Whole Reference Show. Send us an email if you want to. The Whole Reference Show at gmail.com. T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. Or. Or Instagram, right? <laughs> yeah. Darren might actually update the Instagram. I got to find the password and figure out how to get back in. Oh. I have, I've gotten a different iPhone and I don't know how to get in. Okay, good. So not only because we haven't been doing the pod, podcast uh, have I not updated it, but also because I can't access it. But you know what? This gives me all the more reason to do it. There you go. Yeah, we're going to have to update our social media, uh, Facebook, our Twitter. Our Gmail, obviously, is is the same. Actually, I need that password, too. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't needed it in a while, folks. Leave us alone. We're going to we're gonna get the oil at WD-40, and we're going to... We're gonna, uh, okay. Oil the wheels, as it were, and get this... Uh, this podcast going again we do appreciate you being here folks we look forward to hearing your feedback on this episode and we'll be we back. really do we know that there's we a lot really of you do. that we would love to hear from and all of you i mean yeah and we we've missed this i mean we really have uh i would be lying if i said i missed wrestling uh often over this last year and a half but I have missed this. Yeah, yeah, this has been enjoyable. I've, enjoyed I've missed it. sitting down. And <laughs> <laughs> you and I just sitting and just, man, and we were sitting. Sometimes we sit over there. This time we sat here. I got up just so I could sit down again. Oh, man, so good, so good. <laughs> Folks, we honestly do appreciate you being here with us on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reference show. And by the way, in case you forgot, my name is Barry Smith. And I am the incredible badass. That is Darren Beasley. Yes, indeed, folks. All right, we're going to see you next time. Hopefully that means next week, folks. Until then, so long. Bye-bye. Malachi Black, Norman Smiley, walk into a bar. You think one of them would have seen it?